Welcome, Pew Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. And let me be the first to say, for the first time in 2023, a happy Victory Monday yeah. for all you Bucks fans. A, and, sorry, N, NFC South Division Championship yes. Victory Monday. We are one day removed from the Bucks defeating the Carolina Panthers. 30 to 24 and cementing their spot in the playoffs as the four seed as the champs of the NFC South. We'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about Todd Bowles press conference today. What's the plan moving forward for the Bucks in week 18? We'll get into all of that. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is my fellow co-host and the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, great to talk to you. Uh, very excited to get all your thoughts about yesterday's game. And uh, how are you? Happy New Year! Uh, great. New Year. I mean, that was that was one heck of a win yesterday, and and boy, the Bucks needed it, right? Because a lot of unhappy Buccaneer fans uh, in in the twenty twenty three uh, the the early stages of twenty twenty three if they did not. But it was a victory. Uh, it is a victory Monday today. It was a victory Sunday yesterday, and they started off the, the new year with the bang. And this this was an offensive explosion that we've been waiting for. Didn't think could happen, but certainly did happen, and that's the biggest reason why they won. That plus three more takeaways from this defense, and Matt, they're finally playing some com- complimentary football. And while special teams was not great yesterday with the blocked field goal, a missed field goal from Ryan Suckup, a missed extra point, Jay Camarda, boy, he, he delivered maybe the special teams play of the year for the Buccaneers with, uh, with an absolute game-saving play because – if that's a turnover or a blocked punt deep in Tampa Bay's territory, that could have been disastrous if uh, if Carolina scores the last second touchdown. But crisis averted. Camarda gets off an incredible right-footed punt rolling to his left, and it was it was an amazing finish to an amazing game. Yeah, Scott, I was saying, like, I, there's no question Mike Evans was the player of the game for what he did, 10 receptions, 207 yards, and yeah. three touchdowns. But what Jake Camarda did on that penalty was the play of the game yeah. for how it all went down. And funny enough, so on Monday, for, for Bucks fans that might not know, the day after a game, we talked to Todd Bowles, further questions about the game before, right. a couple of questions about what's going ahead. But I guess – Jake Camarda wasn't available yesterday after the game. So we did a phone press conference with uh, with Jake Camarda, which you don't typically get too many interviews with the punter during the season, right. let alone yeah. the day after the game being like, wow, you're a part of the most uh, you know incredible moment. And um, so he shared all of that. We'll have a story about it in a little bit on pewterreport.com. Uh, but yeah, that was, I, I think uh, Greg Olson, he was the color commentator for the game, yeah. kind of said it best because as soon as the snap came out and it was, pretty low and that's why he got botched and and the whole thing ensued right right off right as soon as the ball hit the ground initially greg uh i was about to say greg almond greg olsen goes yeah oh my god oh my god and i think (laughs) that's what everyone's reaction was because you knew with the amount of time left just get the snap off yes you want to pin it you know inside the 20 inside the 10 whatever it is but even if you kick it for a touchback it's just Okay, like right, you you're forcing them to go 80 yards down the field. And, and remember, touchdown. Matt, they did a delay a game beforehand, trying to kind of you know draw the Panthers off sides yeah. to convert a first down to keep the offense in the field. So maybe that situation where you know Zach Triner, the long snappers, you know trying to kind of move his body and jerk a little bit and and, and maybe try to fool the Panthers in, into jumping the snap, trying to block the kick. Maybe that backfired a little bit. Maybe he had a case of the yips and, and didn't have a great snap. He's usually pretty steady Eddie when it comes to snapping. But, you know, you, you mentioned Mike Evans uh, and, and you know, Tom Brady was just absolutely, you know, fantastic uh, for the game too. I mean, we did a poll on Twitter a couple of weeks ago That's after right. the Bengals game, and I think 57% wanted Brady to come back and – you know, close to it was it was about a 60 40 split, but it, it surprised me how many people were seemingly ready to move on from Brady. Right. And he had he's thrown two interceptions in each of the last three games. Now, the Bucks did have a comeback win against the Cardinals on Christmas night and they overcame those interceptions. But they, they did that with the help of three takeaways by the Bucks defense. 
And they got the three takeaways again, but the difference was 432 yards by Tom Brady and, and you know, a hell of a play by, by Mike, Mike Evans catching, you know, 207 yards worth of passes, 10 of them for three touchdowns, including some deep balls, right? The, the deep balls that we have either seen Mike Evans drop or just have not seen Brady connect with. A 63-yarder, a 57-yarder, a 30-yarder, and it looked like for a day – the Buccaneers' offense was back, you know, and it kind of fitting too, right? Because Bruce yeah. Arians, <laughs> Bruce Arians was inducted into the Bucks' ring of honor, and if they're going to put thirty points on the board, exactly thirty, right? Because that was the magic yeah. number: hit thirty points <laughs> in uh, in twenty twenty, and and they're going to win those games, and they did. As a matter of fact, over the last two years in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one under Bruce, the Bucks were twenty three and zero. When scoring 30 points or more. Ironically, the Buccaneers only scored 30 points once this year prior to the Panthers game. I was scoring 31 in a 41 31 loss to the, the Kansas City Chiefs in week four. And that, ironically, yeah. that was the game Bruce Harris was supposed to be inducted into the Bucks Ring of Honor. As it turns out, Hurricane Ian affected the game and they had to postpone that here. So only two. 30 drops on the scoreboard for the Bucks this year. They lost one of them, but it, they they won yesterday's when it mattered most. I was reading your two-point conversion, and I got to that part where you essentially wrote, man, isn't it fitting that they scored 30 points when they inducted Bruce Arians into the Ring of Honor? And I just started laughing. I was like, this is all yeah. perfect. Like, it's coming full circle. The fact that the Bucks scored 30 points and Bruce Arians is being highlighted uh, because of it. But obviously, hopefully, that is a good sign of things to come we got a couple of super chats so want to make sure let's get, we to, get those. to that we appreciate everybody that super chats us starting off with giovanni perez thank you for the five dollars giovanni. giovanni giovanni says amazing what competent o-line play does for an offense if they can protect tom they have a shot at making noise i wouldn't put my bookie money on it though shout out to my <laughs> bookie uh yeah, yeah I, I, this is another thing that you wrote about in the um the Monday mailbag today, just about like why all of a sudden did Tom Brady start connecting with Mike Evans? Why were yeah. there these chunk plays all of a sudden? Right. And a big part of that was the fact that Tom Brady was holding on to the ball and not too long. I mean, you, most of the time, if a quarterback holds on to the ball for too long, you're like, you got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. Right. With Tom Brady, he gets rid of the ball so quickly. You're almost like, Tom. Hold yeah. on to the ball. You never ask for a quarterback to right. do that. But Tom Brady, <laughs> it's such a unique situation with the greatest of all time yeah. that um, you're kind of hoping Tom holds on to it just a little bit more so players can get a little more separation. And that's yeah. the one thing that the Bucks lose in this offense. And they did used to like to go down the field. The one thing they lose is, you know, other quarterbacks can buy you a little bit more time rolling out in the pocket. That's just not really going to have happen with Tom Brady. Right. But it was good that he was able to hold on a little bit more and then allowed for the big plays, most notably to Mike Evans. But overall, uh, he was slinging it. Yeah, and I think the thing, too, that really stood out to me was, was his willingness to stand in the pocket and take some hits. That's something that we just haven't seen. And listen, it wasn't always the clean pocket. Brady got sacked three times and got hit eight times, and that that's a lot. But to his credit, he didn't get – um, you know, he didn't get rattled by that. And, and there was a couple times where you could see him hang in that pocket, right. And then just sling the ball down the field. And he was as accurate as could be. Mike even dropped the, uh, the first deep shot, which hit him right in the chest. And he's Mike said that kind of woke him up after the, uh, after that play and really kind of got him going. Like he's, he's like, I'm not going to drop the next one for sure. And he didn't after that, but you know, I've had some conversations. I think you were party to one of those with Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, and we're kind of like, you know, maybe Brady is going to play different down the stretch, where he's going to be a little bit more apt to take some chances physically, right? He's 45. So, I mean, you can't fault the guy for wanting to stand in there and take some punishment. He's not right. 35. He's not 25. He's 45. And and trust me, I'm 50. It makes a difference, and I don't get hit for a living. Uh, so... I think that that now that that the Bucks are in crunch time, it's kind of like you know, no biscuit, no biscuit for Tom Brady. It's like, hey, I'm going to let it fly. I'm I don't I don't care if I take some shots. We're at the, we're in the the twilight of the season. I'm in the twilight yeah, of my career. I'm going to season to recover. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm going to go out, you know, guns a blazing. And 
and and we see what happens when that when that happens, right? It, it, it was a clean pocket to a degree, but it wasn't a perfect pocket. Again, right. Brady got hit eight times, sacked three times, but I thought the difference was his willingness to stand in there, hang in the pocket, slide around a little bit, but keep his eyes down the field, Matt, and not do the quick little checkdowns and dump offs that we've seen that usually turn into three and outs. Instead, these turned into three touchdowns. And let's remember, Chris Godwin fumbled one as they were getting yeah. into the territory. Uh, Ryan Suckup missed a 26-yard field goal, missed a 50-plus-yard field goal, and uh, they also didn't convert on a two-point conversion. So there were still points left on the board. It That's felt right. like the Bucks team of old that we knew that can score a lot of points. So it'll be really interesting to see, and we can get into Week 18 a little bit later. It'll be interesting yeah. to see if they can – you know, get that rolling again in the playoffs. But we have more Super Chats coming in, so we're going to keep that rolling. Starting off with John with a $20 Super Chat, John Spilatopoulos. So I believe uh, coming from a Greek origin uh, yeah. there. But, John, thank you so much for the $20 Super Chat. He says, what did you think of the call to kick the field goal instead of going for the first down in the second quarter? Happy New Year. Thank you, John, uh, and Happy New Year to you as well. Sorry if yeah. I messed up your last name there. Um, yeah, a lot of us, I think we're in agreement that they should have gone for it. But I think the problem is they are so bad still in yeah. these third and short situations, whether yeah. they're running it or they try to play action with Kate Otten in the end zone. That right. didn't work either. Todd Bowles said that he trusts the offense. You asked him that question directly a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But that kind of shows it right there that you don't trust the offense. And That's it's, right. I, I don't want to hear. We just got to find a way to get a yard. We know you've told yeah. us that multiple times. <laughs> right. I don't need to hear that anymore. But exactly. I, I just think on that play, you know, they had just got in after turnover, if I'm not mistaken. It would be a real, real kick to the gut just getting that big turnover. It's emotional. Yeah. You're back in the game, and then you come away with no points versus, eh, all right, at least you cut it to, you know, a, a shorter lead. But right. I definitely think they, they should have gone for it. It just shows how bad that they are in these short yardage situations. I agree, Matt. And you mentioned third and short. Listen, this this looked like a lot of things got straightened out on offense, right? Uh, but really, they haven't. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or the bearer of bad news here to start the new year. But I'm going to. I'm just a realist. So um, I don't want to poo-poo on the Bucks' uh, big win yesterday. But the difference in the game was really was those three big shots from Brady to Evans. Yes. And that's been an element that's been missing. And then the Bucks had three takeaways on defense, big time strip and sack by Anthony Nelson that helped the Buccaneers pile on to their lead in the fourth quarter once they finally got it. But Matt, this offense is not fixed, not even close. They're still, to your point, there, there were four of 15 on third downs yesterday. That's 26.7%. That's, That's still bad, really bad. Matter of fact, they had to go for it on, on two fourth down occasions. They were lucky to go two for two, right? So they were bad in uh, or on, on third downs. They were also bad in the red zone. They were one of three. That's 33%. They were bad on goal-to-go efficiency. They were one of two on goal-to-go efficiency. And, and then you look at, uh, you know, they, they had one takeaway. Brady Brady didn't have any interceptions, which which was a good thing. But they had a, yes. a penalty by Chris Godwin, which wiped out a 30-yard catch and run by Kate Otten, uh, plus his fumble. And uh, so the only thing that they got right really was the deep passing game and the point production. Those two elements have been missing this year. But, again, even the Buccaneers couldn't run the ball well. They, nope. they ran the ball 25 times for 67 yards. That's a woeful 2.7 yard average. The only touchdown came on a one yard quarterback sneak by Brady. So the Bucks' running game still hasn't gotten fixed. The third downs were still awful. The the untimely turnovers and penalties are still there, and the red zone efficiency is still not there either. So the story of the game, folks, was basically three big pass plays from Tom Brady to Mike Evans. And again, we haven't seen that all year. The Bucks get credit for that. I'm not trying to take that away from them. But it's not like this offense has turned a corner or magically gotten better. That one little element got better yesterday, and it did make a big difference. Oh, it made a huge difference, and with the turnovers that the, the Bucks defense was able to create. 
Timing really is everything, but it's always a good time when you're drinking a Celsius Energy Drink, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. There's a variety of different flavors, and that's why we love them. You see the Arctic Peach and Tropical Vibe flavors on the screen right there. They have so many more than that, too, from the Fuji Apple Pear to the Cucumber Lime, a Watermelon, Watermelon Berry as well, a Kiwi Guava, so a ton of great flavors. Why and how do Celsius separate themselves from you know, other competitors is that they're the healthy version of an energy drink. There's seven essential vitamins, zero sugar or preservatives. So it gets you through your day, gets you that essential energy, and you don't have that post-energy drink crash that you would have with other products. Now, where can you find Celsius energy drinks? No problem. We got you covered. Go to the store locator on the Celsius website, punch in your address, and it will let you know where you can find a Celsius energy drink at your local Convenience store, uh, gas station, your Walmart, say it, your Target. Say it, say it. And your bodega. Bodega. <laughs> and when you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius energy drinks and you're like, listen, I love you, my local bodega, but I need it in bulk. I need more. I need more Celsius. That's when you head on over to Amazon. Get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Who wants one flavor of Celsius when you can have multiple flavors? And – um do the subscribe and save on Amazon. Have it sent to your house or apartment every one, two, or three weeks. You don't even really have to do any of the legwork. It just shows right. up right to your house or apartment. And you can save some money by going to Amazon and doing that. So just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Hashtag Celsius Lip Fit. Hashtag Celsius Energy. Yeah. And uh, sounded like you wanted to say something, Scott. Well, I was just going to let everybody know we're, we're two minutes away from – from 420, which That's on Mondays, right. that means, what does it mean, Matt? Roll call. Tell us where you're at, Peter people. We have awesome fans all over the globe, not just in Tampa, not just in the state of Florida. We have awesome fans throughout the world, including internationally, which is really awesome to see. So in about a minute, we're going to go on a rant. Start. Talking I'm going to go about. on a little rant. I, okay, I got two cool. things I want to talk about here. Awesome. Two Scott's going to go on uh uh, gonna, gonna go on a rant just have a take in the meantime put in the chat where you are watching from and i'll put it up on the screen so we can all see where you are watching from we also have a couple super chats we will get to that right after roll call i promise um and uh yeah we'll we'll just keep it rolling we appreciate yeah. everybody that's watching this show got great audience on a uh, on a monday so, oh yeah it's yeah, a, it's a championship victory monday it's a great yes. way to start the the, the new year right it, not just with the bucks win uh, and it, you saw last night, if you were part of that podcast, the NFC South Champs again. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this to uh, on Wednesday's show uh, on our Bucks Falcons preview. But Matt and I are going to be delving into should the Buccaneers rest some starters, including Tom Brady, right? Because they need him in the playoffs. He took three sacks and eight hits yesterday, came out of it okay. But we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit more later in the show about our thoughts and then we'll know more for sure on Wednesday that that's the Wednesday podcast. We're going to be uh, talking about the Bucks Falcons preview, but will Brady be playing the whole game? Will Blaine Gabbert see some action, the hero who saved uh, four people in, uh, in Tampa Bay, or will Kyle Trask make his NFL debut? So there you go. It is that time Matt. what time is it again? Roll call. Tell us where you're watching from, Pewter people, and we will put it up on the screen like you see right here, here with Tortoise Johnny. All right, here we go. Johnny, watching from New York. All right, so here's here's a, a couple things that I got to talk about that's that are on, on my mind. Um, first of which is just because I love defensive play. I'm a defensive-minded guy. Um, is it, just the play of Anthony Nelson. This guy has come up absolutely clutch over the last two games, especially really down the stretch. Once Shaq Barrett was gone from the starting lineup, right? The Bucks had kind of a quartet of rushers with Anthony Nelson playing opposite Joe Tron Schoenke in the starting lineup. Then Carl Nassib got some snaps uh, and deservedly so played really well. Then you saw Jannard Avery also in there on some pass rushing downs. But the last couple of games, it's just been the JTS and Nelly show because uh, Avery went on injured reserve. Carl Nassib has a pectoral injury that's not uh, allowed him to go. So these two young Buccaneers, have been uh, going wire to wire in the last couple of games. And and Nelson's come up with two big strip sacks, the one last week against Arizona on Christmas night, deep in Tampa Bay territory, uh, wiped out a 
potential Cardinal scoring drive. And that was important because the Buccaneers won 19 to 16 out there in the desert in overtime. And then, of course, once the Buccaneers finally took the lead, the Panthers had a chance to reclaim it. Anthony Nelson said, no, sir, not today, not on, on New Year's, not in Tampa Bay. And he got a, a strip sack of Sam Darnold, which is what he had last year in, in the season finale. Not a strip sack, but he had a sack. So Nelson finished last year with a flurry. If you remember, Jason Pierre-Paul injured his shoulder. And Nelly got uh, more snaps as a result. And he went on to become uh, a really integral part of the Bucks' pass rush with five sacks, most of which were down the stretch. He has a new career high five and a half sacks. And believe it or not, he leads the Bucks in forced fumbles, Matt, with three. So Anthony Nelson in a contract year is making himself some money right now. I hope he stays in Tampa. I think he's a great fit down here. The Bucs don't know what they're going to have necessarily with Shaq Barrett next year. Matt, he's coming off of a torn Achilles tendon. That, that always is a bit of a cause for concern. Everybody's different, Matt, but we saw O.J. Howard really struggle coming back from that Achilles tendon injury that cost him much of the 2020 season. He just wasn't the same last year at all. And uh, and and so I you know I, I have to think that that Shaq is going to be back, but is he going to be back to 100% when he returns to the field? Even Chris Godwin wasn't. So it takes some time with some of these real serious injuries. And I'd love to see Anthony Nelson coming back. But every time he goes out there in the field and makes plays like he has against the run, uh, getting strip sacks the last two weeks, Matt, the price tag keeps going up and up, and I'm happy for the kid because uh, even though Todd Bowles calls him gangly, <laughs> I asked him about that after the game. I said, what are your thoughts on Todd Bowles calling you gangly? Is that an insult or you take that as a compliment? He's like, well, I guess I'm six, seven, two seventy with these long arms. So I guess he can call me that, but, um, you know, listen, I, I, I really appreciate the kid. I think he's doing uh, phenomenal things. And then my last little part of the rant here is Mike Evans. Boy, what a game for him to erupt three touchdown catches. He had 14 last year. The Bucks have missed his touchdown production all year long, but Matt, the one thing is, is Mike Evans feasts on Carolina and Atlanta. Why? Because those two teams historically will play a mixture of cover one or cover three. That means single high safety without any help over the top. That's why, including those three touchdowns yesterday, Mike Evans now has 10 career touchdowns against the Panthers. That matches his 10 career touchdowns that he has against the Atlanta Falcons. Those are the most touchdowns he scored against any NFL team. Doesn't do as well against the Saints because the Saints play a lot of cover two over the top. And uh, we'll see if, if Mike Evans can, can keep up this touchdown uh, you know, magic for another week uh, because they're playing the Falcons next week. Listen, I'm so happy for Mike. I think it's awesome that he extended his record. I'm happy that he had a great game to start 2023. But my question really, and I guess this is more for the, the Panthers and Falcons, yeah. is why? Why would you run that type of coverage? Have they not seen enough throughout Mike Evans' <laughs> yeah. career that he absolutely dominates any one-on-one -on -one coverage or single high safety? I mean, yeah. Mike legitimately says it in interviews. Like, I hope they give me more one-on-one -on -one right. matchups because <laughs> I don't get them too much. Or if yeah. he's talking about going up against, you know, another top corner in the league. He says, great, let's go one-on-one. -on -one. I would rather prefer that. Did they right. not watch the playoff game against the Rams? Last year when he beat Jalen Ramsey yeah. deep for a big touchdown, I hope for Mike Evans' sake that the Panthers and Falcons continue yeah. to play that type of defense when they match up against him for the Falcons next week if Mike I Evans totally plays agree. and for next season. Because, man, if, if Mike Evans played the Panthers and Falcons every week, he oh, would um, – Yeah, I mean, he would break Jerry Rice's – career receiving yards right? he would like, and he would he would probably be the weekly nfc offensive player of the week uh which i think he's going to win that this week i, I didn't yeah in the nfl he's gonna brady's gonna win the fedex uh air probably player of the week mike evans is gonna win yeah um yeah see the brady or evans is, is gonna win honestly they both deserve it because they they both teamed up for those touchdowns um uh, Jeremy, ah, dissing my Kansas State Wildcats. Sorry. Yeah, uh, how about Kansas State? Laugh out loud. Uh, well, I don't know what you're talking about, Jeremy, because Kansas they State beat – we beat West Virginia in overtime the other night. Our basketball team is 12-1. and one. That happened on Saturday night. So, oh, you're referring to the football game. Well, I didn't have any illusions we were going to beat Alabama, especially when Bryce Young and Will Anderson played. I was hoping 
we'd have a puncher's chance. It looked good for a quarter, but we won the Big 12 championship, and honestly, our basketball team is pretty damn good this year too. So we'll see. We're knocking on the top and, 20 door, and, also, and we beat a top I mean, 20, 24 team. If TCU somehow upsets Georgia in the national championship, yeah. Kansas State's the only team that beat TCU. So therefore, that's right. Kansas State is kind of the national champions if you want to go Bailey uh, Adams and the UCF route. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll just say this. I think uh, I predicted TCU and Georgia winning the their respective games. I, I thought the college football playoffs this year was absolutely awesome. amazing. Both of those games were phenomenal. Right, the ball was dropping right as like, yes. Ohio State was lining up for that kick. Yes, you know? it was crazy. Uh, so I was very happy. I'm a, I'm a Georgia fan. My wife, Ashley's from Georgia, so – uh, big time Bulldogs. Uh, also, Todd Munkin is the offensive coordinator. I was texting with Todd and wishing him a happy new year and congratulations on the win. So um, we'll see if I'll be doing some more texting with Todd uh, come 2023. I hope yeah. that, that would be the case. I'd love to see him down here in Tampa as the offensive coordinator next year. We got another super chat, Matt. We have a couple. Yeah, we have a couple okay. super chats. We'll start with this one. KGH for life. Thank you for the $5 super chat. You were in the chats yesterday as well, so appreciate it. Uh, glad the Bucks won. However... They have problems. Can't run the football. Third down, red zone struggles with True. no solutions in sight. The True. Cowboys worry me. So yeah. <laughs> I'll answer the last part first because everything you Go just said, it. KGH. It's all true. It's all true. Um, no lies detected. Much, I don't, yeah, I don't know how much more we can expand on that. But again, to your point of the two-point conversion, would you rather have the Bucs play the Cowboys or the Eagles? I'm totally with you. I would much rather have the Bucs play the Cowboys in the first oh, yeah. round. Oh, the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Now, you presented yes. the case because the Eagles um, have a terrific <laughs> pass rush. They lead the league in sacks. They have multiple it's players. It's ridiculous. They have multiple players that have double-digit sacks, and yeah. one of them is not named Fletcher Cox. So, right. Like, it's it, crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the, the Eagles have 68 sacks this year. 68. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's 17 more than the next closest team, which is the Patriots, and 16 more than the Cowboys, which rank third. Okay, they have all four of of their starting. Uh, well, I should say that they're all four of their top pass rushers, right? Because you mentioned Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackle, who's a, a multi-year Pro Bowler, only has seven sacks this year, Matt. Right, only seven. <laughs> only seven. That's more than any Buccaneer player yeah. has, by the way. Vita Vea <laughs> has six and a half, right? But you've got Hassan Reddick with sixteen. And then you've got three three of the four starting defensive linemen in Philadelphia have 11. Brandon Graham, longtime venerable uh, Eagles uh, defensive player, loved him coming out of Michigan, would have loved for the Buccaneers to draft him many, many moons ago. Finally got his double digits. He's he's always like stuck on like nine or nine and a half or eight each year. He's been a tremendous pass rusher in Philadelphia. He finally reached 11, so he's in double digits for the first time in his long career. Then you have Josh Sweat with 11. Then you have Javon Hargrave, one of the best defensive tackles in the game with 11. So 16, 11, 11, 11, and then 7. Like, that's their top five. Tampa Bay's top four are uh, six and a half with Vita Vea. Anthony Nelson and Devin White each have five and a half. Joe Tron Schoenk has four and a half. And then I think after that, you got a bunch of guys tied with three. Maybe, maybe Antoine Winfield has four, three or four. But I mean that's it. So yeah, the Bucks pass rush with with a shaky Donovan Smith who's still kind of injured with the foot, with an injured Tristan Wirfs, with Robert Hainsey and Nick Leverett and Shaq Mason who didn't have have a great game yesterday. I don't want to face the Eagles defensive line I, if I'm yeah, Tampa Bay. I'm absolutely with you. Uh, I'll get to Leo's super chat in a moment, but just to further comment on that and look at a couple of other angles as well. I think the Eagles. Their wide receivers are way like the Bucks match up better with the Cowboys wide receiver yeah. group than the Eagles do. I like obviously I you have to worry about CD Lamb, sure. But AJ Brown and uh, Devontae Smith, like two really great wide receivers. I think yeah. the Bucks would have absolute fits with Jalen Hurts. Is he going to hand it off? Is he going to keep it for himself? I just yeah. think the Bucks would have absolute fits with that, where the Cowboys, they're a little more traditional. Like, Dak is mobile, don't get me wrong, right. but they're going to rely on the run game with Zeke and Tony Pollard. And I truly think the Bucks defense had its issues stopping the run this year, but when Vita right. Bea and Akeem Hicks are yeah. in, they Different have story. so much better. So you get those guys healthy enough to play in that game. They've had the Cowboys number. I know they demolished the Eagles last year, too, but Jalen right. Hurts has improved that much. 
I think the Cowboys are just a much, much better matchup for the Bucs, who they've already beaten twice. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I think there's something to that. And uh, it's not like they can't beat the Eagles, but the Eagles are just similar multidimensional. Yeah. You've got a 1,200 yard rusher and Miles Sanders. You have a running quarterback who has more rushing touchdowns than, than Sanders does. You mentioned the two dynamic playmakers in the passing game, the tight end. I just think there's a little bit more to account for with that offense. And then that Eagles defense, man, it just it causes problems. And Tampa Bay's offensive line is not nearly as stout as it was last year no. when you know when when they had Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen exactly. in, in that game. So I I do not want to face the Eagles. I, I think if you're Tampa Bay, you want to play the Cowboys here at Raymond James Stadium rather than the Eagles. And I also think just to put a bow on this before we get to Leo's super chat, I also think don't get me wrong, like the Cowboys defense is it's pretty solid. It's been yeah. better at times than it has been uh recently. And you obviously have to account for Michael Parsons. But again, we talked about like Mike Evans getting certain matchups. Everyone loves Diggs, the corner from the Cowboys. And he may, had a lot of interceptions last season, but he gets beat a lot too because he anticipates yes. plays and you can hit him with the pump fake and, and certain routes. So I think the Bucs would really like to take advantage That's of that. That's a great point, Matt. He really is a feast or famine corner. Good, yeah, good exactly. Uh, Leo, thank you for the $5 super chat. Thank you. He says, Scott, even with all the stuff around the league, like Derek Carr being benched, Tua's situation, you still think he's coming back, meaning Tom Brady, yeah. hope with a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think so. Um, I Again, it, it all goes back to his relationships, right? I think his relationships, Brady's relationships, soured in New England, right? He lost a lot of, of the, the players he played with. Remember, his final year in 2019, he wasn't having any fun. It was basically... Um, you know, uh, and uh, who, who was the slot receiver? I'm drawing a blank. Not Edelman. Um, yeah, Julian Edelman. Oh, yeah, that's not, Edelman? yeah. yeah I for some reason, I had Danny, Danny Amendola on the brain. I'm like, it's not an Amendola. Julian Edelman. It's Julian Edelman and nobody else, right? That's, yeah. that's who he had to throw to. Gronk was retired. I think the relationship kind of soured a little bit between he and McDaniels and Bill Belichick. And he was he was ready to leave. Obviously, he did, right? So, I, I think that he left New England because of the relationships more than anything and not having the weapons and all of that. But he comes here to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl, and you know, he obviously came back to to you know play under Todd Bowles. I think Brady was aware that that handoff was gonna happen between Bruce Arians and, and Todd right. Bowles. He hasn't come out and said it, but you know, listen. <laughs> we don't get to know all of the information that goes on behind the scenes, right? I mean, they're not going to call a press conference and say, here's exactly what's happening behind the scenes, but Brady was in the know. You have to believe that. So the relationship he has with owner Joel Lazier is probably even tighter than it was with Robert Kraft. Now he played under Kraft for 20 years and was appreciative of everything he's done, but I just have heard so many things about the Glazier Brady relationship. And then you factor in Jason Light, who is, you know, very close with Tom Brady. You saw the hug yep. on Buccaneers.com. Brady, you know, comes up and just bear hugs Jason Light after yesterday's win. Those two are close. Light has done a great job of, of getting Brady all the tools that he needs throughout the personnel in in 2020, 2021, and, and even you know this past year and in the in the offseason. So if Tom Brady's going to play next year, I think it's going to be in Tampa. Ryan Jensen will be back from injury, and you have to look at the location. And I know that what you're saying about the Dolphins, and and they've really been under a slide now. And I, I think I like Mike McDaniel's, but this is a, a this is a, a you know a a winning business. Yeah, you know your your funny lines and your quips only go so far. We saw that with Sam Weish. Personality only gets you so far. It's about the wins and the losses ultimately, and so. Does he want to play for Sean Payton? We'll see where Sean Payton lands. It's not going to be in Tampa. The Bucs are not going to trade for Sean Payton. The Saints wouldn't trade him in the division. That would, that would be foolish. So I don't know. I, I'm sticking to my guns. I think if Tom Brady does come back, it's going to be here. I don't think it's going to be in Las Vegas with McDaniels. The Raiders are kind of a train wreck of an organization. I wouldn't trust the organization if I'm Brady. I think there's a lot of trust here in Tampa. Yeah, the, the more I think about it, I guess it's easy. It's easy, like when the Bucks are losing, to be like, "Yeah, he's gone. He's out of here." But to your point, the the big 
bear hug that he had with Jason Light and Mike Greenberg. I think that was in a obviously like they're happy they won they clinched the yeah. vision, but I feel like there is something. There's a, a relationship there. There's yeah, a relationship there. There's something you know, a little bit more than just your typical hell yeah, dude. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a high five. It was a hug. And, and I, there, there's a, re- a relationship here. Tom Brady's been here for three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when Tom Brady was going through a divorce, this organization stood by him. You need time off, Tom. Go take it. You feel like you need to go up and see your son, Jack, and 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 go to Mr. Kraft's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Like go up there and and do that, and we'll see you in Pittsburgh. So, uh, this organization has accommodated Tom Brady in every single way possible. Why would you want to risk that at age going to be forty six with a new organization, with a new coach, with with a new system and new teammates to learn, a new ownership? Folks, look no further than the Denver Broncos, right? New head coach and, and Nathaniel Hackett, who is an, was supposedly an offensive wizard or mastermind, and a new quarterback in Russell Wilson. Broncos nation was was riding high in the offseason. Let's ride, right? And now it's you know it's it, it's one of the worst situations in the NFL. The players can't stand Russell Wilson. The coach is fired. It, it's a train wreck. So Tom Brady knows. The Buccaneers. And what has he done here? He's won back-to-back NFC South titles, going to the playoffs all three years, and won a Super Bowl. So it, it's kind of hard to find the better situation for Tom than this situation here in Tampa. That, that's a great point. It's, it's a really great point. I'm not going to try to top that right there. Uh, there are two teams in the NFL right now that they're set with their quarterback situation. They don't need to worry about it at all. That's uh, the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. And the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, who the Bucs played two weeks ago, they are playing tonight in a awesome, awesome Monday night football game. Yeah. Great way to finish the Monday night football schedule. And, you know, this doesn't really affect the Bucs at all, but maybe you want to bet on two of those quarterbacks? Go and do it at uh, Underdog Fantasy. It's uh, the perfect spot to get some action in the game, especially with fantasy football. That's with Underdog and their pick them. Or their rivals. The rivals are a lot of fun, too. You just pick an over or under on your favorite or your least favorite player stats. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So once again, it's Underdog Fantasy with their Pick'em and Rivals games. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Obviously, we love using it for football. It's great to use it uh, for all sports, too. You know, they yeah. have it for basketball, hockey, uh, the UFC, golf, everything else in between. So check out Underdog Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Richard with a comment here. Uh, crazy. Mike Evans has had a game where he has two receptions for two touchdowns for two yards. I think it was against now, the Saints, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and now uh, 10 receptions, 207 yards, and three touchdowns, all 30 yards or more. Yep, that's good stuff. Edward, uh, I'm 28, and when my five-year-old son hits me, it hurts. I can only imagine <laughs> being 45 and having a 300-pound man trying to take my head off. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one as well. Here's I was going to say this real quick, and we'll, hit, we'll get the super chat. This this is probably the sneakiest little under the radar stat right now. Chris Godwin needs 32 yards for 1,000 this year, and you know he's had a very hard road back. He's he's played. He he was healthy enough to to start in week one. Yeah. And then injured the hamstring, but battled through that and has really kind of come into his own, kind of getting closer to that pre-ACL injury, Chris Godwin. And man, uh, it's just it's just something else, right? To 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 see the Buccaneers have two one thousand yard receivers this year. I'm pretty sure Chris Godwin's gonna get thirty two in, in Atlanta. He's <laughs> Mike Evans' favorite. Uh, he, I'm sorry, he's uh, Tom Brady's favorite target, 98 catches. Well, yeah, only... to that point, he's pretty yeah. close to the Bucks' all-time single-season yeah. uh, recep- receptions record. And that's crazy to yeah. think that he's missed some games, too. Granted, yeah, believe... they, they hit him with the screenplay a million times. but Sure. Hey, yeah. But so, uh, I'll say this. Chris Godwin, uh, now with 98 catches, it matches last year's total. And with one game left, I think he needs eight to tie Keyshawn Johnson's 
record, which is 106, set back in 2001, if my memory serves me correctly. That would be awesome. And you know how the Bucks love to fill quotas for players. Yes. Uh, yeah. By the way, it's the one-year anniversary from Antonio Brown running off the field, who was partially <laughs> angry because uh, they wouldn't give him his incentives earlier. And then <laughs> a week later, they're doing little touch passes to Gronk right. and making sure Mike Evans gets the ball and yes. things like that. But anyway, Bucks are maybe not necessarily in a better spot this year, but at least they have a peace of mind that they're going to the playoffs again. Right, exactly. Yep. Yeah, uh, Lawrence Lowe with the $2 Super Chat. Thank you, Lawrence. Ott needs to do better if we want to go far. Yeah, I thought Kadon really struggled on the, yeah. the Christmas night game yeah. and didn't look great yesterday either. Obviously, the big play that he had was called back, but I'm with you. I mean, we've called for Kadon to get more playing time. He led the way out of all skill position players. Kadon had more snaps than Mike Evans, than Chris Godwin, everyone else. Right. And uh, yeah, so I definitely do think he needs to pick it up. Hopefully he'll get more targets. Joe Wisniewski, thank you for the $2 super chat. No uh, no comment, just the super chat. So, yeah. Appreciate it. All right, Matt, here's this, oh, here's this the is comment. here's Got the question you. here. So, I'm worried about suck up. Why should I be confident for a kick inside 50 in the playoffs and is he here next year, Matt? What are your what are your thoughts on Ryan Suck up? Did not yeah. have a good day yesterday. Missed a 53 yarder, had a 26 yarder blocked, missed yeah. an extra point. So Bowles, talk, Bowles talked about this too, and he said, I'm more concerned about the 26-yarder that got blocked because that means he's getting it low. I don't trust Ryan Suckup over 50 yards, but I kind of have to put that on the coaching of, hey, it's a 53-yarder. Right. Maybe Ryan Suckup shouldn't try this because he can't hit it. Yeah, you know? I agree. So I, I, I don't really have any issues with Ryan Suckup kicking from – under 50 yards, 45 yards and closer, no right. problem. I know he missed the extra point yesterday, but I'm pretty sure I look. I looked it up earlier. That was the first extra point that he's missed all season. That is so I'm not yeah. going. I'm not going to freak out because he missed one extra point. Right. Blocks are a fluky thing. So yeah. Uh, Randy, <laughs> you Hutchins, thank you for the 13.99 super chat. Uh, Canadian. Anyway, thank you, Randy. He says thank you, Matt, and your cast of co-hosts for the game watch vlogs. Your expressions and smart-ass comments during some absolutely horrible games this year made them somewhat more bearable. Randy Douglas, thank you very much for the comment. Uh, try to make it as fun as, as it can be. Listen, it's tough sometimes when the Bucks are down 35-7 to 7 to the 49ers. It's tough right. to be cheery and optimistic about a lot of things, but I try to call it like I see it. Oh, man, this Tulane USC game is going down to the wire. It's absolutely wild. Um, but I try to put on as much entertainment as I possibly can. And, uh, I'm glad that you liked it. It means a lot. And thank you for the super chat. Yeah. Uh, speaking of college games, it was, it was great to see, uh, Mike Leach, uh, remembered, um, yes. during, during the, I'm going to, I'm going to call it the Outback Bowl. What is it? The, Re the Relia Quest Bowl? Bowl. Okay. Relia yeah. Quest Bowl here in Tampa. They, they started off with an air raid formation with, uh, with a missing quarterback, a delay of game to, to honor. The late great Mike Leach, uh, the, the Pirates. They even yeah. wore had the the Pirate logo. That on the, logo was the amazing. It was the Mississippi State Bulldogs helmet. It was it was awesome. And then for them to win the game for the Pirate was was just a. Did a you see tremendous, how? Yes. Again, oh, the gambler yeah. in me who had Mississippi State minus three. I was fine. I'm like, all right, we got to push there. And then they right. recovered the fumble at the end. That was yeah. Uh, Again, perfect for the pirate because, like, just weird, innocuous, not weird, but like innocuous, unthinkable things happened. And, right. Uh, not only did Mississippi State win for their late coach, Mike Leach, but they also covered. So, yeah. So, uh, you're talking about the Tulane USC game. And, yes. you know, right now it looks like um, uh, Tulane still has the ball, but USC is winning 45 39. I'm telling you right now, there's two, two guys to keep an eye on in, in this game. The running back uh, Spears for Tulane is is absolutely legit. I mean, he's one of my favorite running backs. Uh, two hundred and six yards, two touchdowns. Or, sorry, four touchdowns today. He had a sixty-two yard run. This kid's my favorite running back in the draft. I mean, not named Bijan Robinson, of course, mm. but he's averaged twelve point one yards per uh, catch. I'm sorry, per carry today. And he he's he's phenomenal, man. I've been texting Ryan Griffin, who's a Tulane alum, about him this year, and he's phenomenal. the The quarterback uh, Pratt is is also somebody to kind of keep an eye on. It, it's it's kind of crazy because 
He's got one touchdown today, only six of 15, but they've been running the ball like crazy. He's got 15 carries for 83 yards, very good athlete. And one of those touchdowns covered 87 yards. So he's got a pretty good arm. Tulane beat Kansas State this year, 13 to 10 in Manhattan. Yeah. So they caught my attention. And they're a damn good team. They're a top 20 team. And they're giving USC everything they can handle right now. So those are two names that are kind of under the radar from the Tulane Green Wave. Remember, the Buccaneers drafted Sean King, the quarterback from Tulane, after yeah. his perfect season way back when. I think it was 1998. But, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, those are two guys to keep an eye on. And the Buccaneers also know about, about those, those two guys as well. So we've had some conversations there. Uh, Charlie they're, says they're SR good. had an eye for the running back folks. Uh, watch yeah. out. So yeah, yeah. well, we, we that on your radar. W- one of the guys on our radar last year was Rashad white. We had him in our final mock draft going to the bucks and uh, he's uh, you know, he's I think going to be a, a pretty good running back here. Scott, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, what Todd Bowles had to say today. Obviously the number yeah. one topic going into this week 18 game is should the bucks play their starters? Why would they play their starters? They have absolutely nothing to play for. Right. I think it's important to point out Todd Bowles, he didn't commit one way or the other, but what he did, a couple of things that he said was the fact that, listen, you only have so many guys on your roster. Like some starters are going to have to play just right. like out of necessity. Um, and he was asked about the tackle situation. He didn't really commit to that, but I, I think a, one thing he was really asked about, Hey, if you play Tom Brady and Tom Brady gets right. hurt, or one of your starters gets hurt. Like that's a really significant injury and you're probably not going to win um, in the playoffs. So let's just play this video. It's about a minute long. Todd Bowles answering about, well, what if you worry about this guy getting injured? What did you worry about that guy getting injured? Play your offensive line. How do you weigh the potential of losing a key player that would greatly affect your chances the next week? I mean, it's football. You, You can't play 16 games and then we're about 17. You can't play three preseason games and 16 games in practice every day and say he may get hurt on the 17th game. He can get hurt the first week and get hurt in training camp. If you worry about that, you're probably going to get hurt anyway. But we signed up to play football and coach football. That's what we're going to do. And everybody that loves football, that loves to play, will play the game. Injuries are going to happen. Doesn't mean it happens in week 17, a playoff game, or preseason. You just got to coach it and you got to play it. If you worry about injuries, you probably don't need to be playing this sport. Would you consider pulling some players after maybe the first half? I, I think we've seen that in the past a couple of years ago with, with your Super Bowl, when the Detroit game, when, when Blaine stepped in in the second half. Yeah, it's possible. Like I said, it's early in the week. We haven't made any decisions yet. We haven't met on it. We haven't talked about it. Uh, everything's up on, on the table. We'll talk about it and we'll move forward from there. Okay, you get that. So yeah. everything's on the table. We're going to find out more uh, the following or in the following days. Right. I respect what Todd Bowles had to say about like, if you're worried about getting injured, mm-hmm. odds are you're going to get injured and you probably shouldn't be playing football yeah. in the first place. I respect that part of it. But on the flip side, you don't have to worry about the injuries if you just don't play your guys at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's it's difficult because you, you, have, you only have 46 active players right on game day because you got to make six of those inactive and and uh and and so then you've got three of those guys that are special team specialists right your long snapper zach triner your punter jake camarda who also made those kickoffs and then ryan suckup so you only have what you know just over 40 players left and 22 of those guys are starters you need guys for special teams you can't this isn't preseason where you, you can put in your second string offensive lineman. They only have 10 offensive linemen, right? And and not even that now. I think they have nine. So it's it's difficult to to go into this game and say, we're going to rest all of our starters. You can rest maybe some guys. And the players, if I'm bowls, that I would rest are guys that are dealing with some injuries. Jamel Dean with his toe. He was literally limping out of the locker room after the game, after right. playing on Sunday. Uh, maybe Vita Vea, he's, he had that calf injury. See how he how he does. I maybe play Tom Brady uh, for a half, and then I would tag team in Blaine Gabbert. Blaine looks like he's ready to go right there. Oh, yeah. And and uh, you know, yes, he he uh, certainly was a hero. I saw a comment here that I want to get to. Where did yeah, go? we gave him a quick shout out on the 
the yeah. show yesterday, but yeah, he deserves my my man crush. Blaine Gabbard is a hero. Well, I wouldn't say he's my man crush. I just think he's a very handsome man and probably the best looking quarterback in Tampa. And and so yeah, I I would definitely consider playing Blaine Gabbard and and maybe even dressing Kyle Trask and yes. getting getting him some snaps as well. Maybe play him a play Blaine a quarter, play Brady a half, and then play uh, you know give give Trask a, a, a quarter to play with as well. But the thing is, is, is it's kind of a domino effect, Matt, because if you're going to, if, if you're going to, to play Brady, then you better play Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs when, when you play with Brady. You don't want to put Brandon Walton, right? And exactly. some, <laughs> your fourth string tackle out there protecting for Tom Brady. So I, I think the plan would be to play some of these guys, get them some work. And, and that's another thing too, is, is t- Todd Bowles wants this team to, to be, playing hot heading into yeah build uh, that momentum over three game winning streak well yes. five winning on sunday yes we already talked earlier in the show matt about the fact that that you have the running game is still a mess averaging 2.7 yards per carry on sunday against the panthers the red zone efficiency was one of three the the third down conversion rate was about 24 25% the only thing that got fixed was the deep ball. That was it. Yeah. Everything else on offense really wasn't that good. So it's not like you have uh, all of these things solved and you can rest assured that heading into the playoffs against the Cowboys or the Eagles that you're going to be hitting on all cylinders on offense. And guess what, Matt? You need to score a bunch of points in the playoffs. Uh, I think you do. I, I don't think this is the, the game where you give Trask the only uh, – make him the starter for the whole game. I, I don't think that's going to happen at all, despite what fans are are wanting. Well, Brady – yeah, Brady's not going to allow it uh, anyway. I also want to give a shout-out. I believe that's our intern, Matthew Perry, in the comments yes. here. Uh, would love to see Trask get some NFL experience, even if it's just for uh, a quarter or two. Shout-out yeah. to you, Matthew. Does a great job behind the scenes. He at does. Yeah. We, we call him Chandler. Yeah, we call him Chandler based that's on why. the the yeah the actor from Friends. <laughs> I would like to see Trask a little bit in this game because yeah. I would do. I'm curious. Eventually, yeah. yeah, just curiosity, and eventually, eventually, one day the Bucks are going to have to decide who's going to be their next quarterback. And right. why not have the most information possible by see- seeing Kyle Trask in a game? But yeah, I'm absolutely with you because yeah. it would be a little bit easier if like Josh Wells was healthy, and maybe you can get by with like, all right, like let Josh Wells right. play, and you could sit either Tristan Wirfs or. Donovan Smith, but well, you can't sit both of them and have Tom Brady uh, as your quarterback. Yeah. Also, Kyle Trask, one of the things in defense of Kyle Trask is like, well, he was great at Florida because he had Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts, and he gets here with the Bucs, and he's not working with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Right. Now Russell Gage and Julio Jones. But if he gets into the game, he's probably also not throwing to Mike Evans <laughs> right. and Russell Gage and Chris Scotty Miller and Devin yeah. Tompkins. And it's yeah. going to be like, like a preseason game for him against a, a Falcons starting defense. Exactly. So. so it's like, how much can we truly learn from, right. <laughs> from the Kyle Trask start? I don't know. It's just yeah. something like you want to see, but. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, well, you the, want to get things corrected first, too. Right. And also, Todd Bowles was asked at the very end of the press conference about Ryan Jensen's availability. Didn't sound optimistic no. uh, about about the, the possibility that Jensen could play. What was your take on that, uh, Matt? It, it seems to me that that if if Jensen's going to have a chance of playing, it, it might be in the postseason, not not next week. I think Todd Bowles hates talking about Ryan. He Jackson. does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and look at that. Tulane just beat yeah. USC 46-45. Wow. That was an absolutely wild game. Shout out to Tulane, though. It's a, yes. It's a great win for them over a huge program, obviously, with USC. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest win in their – well, I guess if they went undefeated with Sean King, that's probably their – Yep. Their biggest win, but one of their biggest wins in their franchise history. So, yep. Ryan Touchdown Griffin, pass by, by Michael Pratt. To win the game, is that look? Is that what happened? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, he threw it to the second. Yeah, tight end for yeah for the score reviewed and everything. Yeah. Pretty. Yep. Pretty wild. Uh, so a lot of fans very excited uh, from Tulane for that game. Uh, yeah. Well, there goes Matt. He's super excited about that Tulane win. He just left me to to do the whole show by myself here. So we'll see if Matt gets back here in a second. But uh, that's how Matt, uh, who who does a lot of betting, and he does it at my bookie, can get when it comes to watching college sports, 
pro sports, et cetera. He can get a little excited about it. So um, while we're waiting for Matt to join us uh, back, uh, we're going to hear about uh, my experiences and others at age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Age Rejuvenation. That's John Gilmore, former Bucks tight end. He says, I could feel, I feel like I could play another 10 years in the NFL. Well, I feel 10 years younger. I'm 50. I feel like I'm 40. Why? Because of age rejuvenation. Now, here's the thing. I've got low testosterone. That's not uncommon at all. It's a natural effect, uh, and it happens in a lot of men, age 40, 50, 60, and 70. It's even happening younger now in this day and age due to poor diet and, and exercise and those types of things in, in males in their 30s. So get your testosterone checked. Set up an appointment at agerejuvenation.com and uh, go to the website, get your blood work done. When you make your appointment, they're going to review your labs with you, check your testosterone levels. And if you've mentioned pewter report, they're going to give you $500 off the first testosterone therapy treatment. Trust me, folks, it works. Don't put it off. The new year is here. It's time to take care of your body, make some new year's resolutions, put your health at the top of the list. And speaking of, of health, they, off, they also offer weight loss plans at age rejuvenation. And I've seen my testosterone energy uh, or my testosterone levels go up. My energy levels up. My, uh, um, my weight loss is, is really kicked in. I've lost about five pounds of fat this year, not just weight on the scales, but actual body fat just because of my uh, increased metabolism with the testosterone therapy. So five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Make sure you visit age rejuvenation and tell them Peter report sent you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. Check yep. it out. So we, we got a couple of comments here. You can't spell suck without USC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Willie Fritz, the the head coach of Tulane, is a Shawnee Mission native. Uh, my uh, good friend, Chris Oxentine. I say that I never met you, Chris, but you seem like a good guy. You're from Overland Park, Kansas, my old stomping grounds, uh, is is uh, is saying that. I went to Shawnee Mission South High School, uh, the only the only – Famous people that I think came from Shawnee Mission South High School were Rodney Pete, the former USC quarterback. Yeah. Very, a very timely mention because USC just lost. Played with the Detroit Lions for uh, many years, was their first-round pick many, many moons ago. And then also the uh, old classic rock band Shooting Star. Their members came from Shawnee Mission South. Kind of a regional Midwest band there, but yeah. fun, fun fact. Yeah, there you go. Fun fact yep. for, uh, for all the pewter people. And, of course, we appreciate – the Peter people for joining us on today's show. If you're uh, new to the show or new to PeterReport.com, check us out uh, on our website, PeterReport.com, and follow us on our social media. We are at PeterReport, and then our YouTube, of course, is PeterReportTV. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely yeah. free. Just gives you a heads up of when we're going live, when we have new content out, different videos, things of that nature. We'd really appreciate it if you guys could hit the like and subscribe button. It takes you less than a second to do so, and we would really, really okay. um, appreciate that. Chris Oxentine, I've seen Shooting Star several times. Boom, right there on the money. So that's good. I'll have to get a beer with you next time I'm in Kansas City, Chris. So very there cool. You go. Yep. Um, so uh, that, this wraps up a, a very uh, fun, interesting show. We had a great roll call today. Great participation. Matt, I was too busy ranting to see where everybody was coming from. I know we have a lot of Floridians to watch the show. Yeah, we had um, we had a, a couple of Wichita, Kansas. So oh, okay. Sticking with go. Kansas. Um, so we had someone from Sweden. I forgot what city okay. in Sweden, but we had someone from Sweden. I Excellent. saw Virginia Beach in there. Cool. I All saw right. um, someone from Boston, someone from New York. Yeah. Uh, where else? Where else? That's a couple of places upstate New York. Nonetheless, we yeah we had great fans from all over. Someone said they just came back from South Korea, um, which was pretty, which was That's yeah awesome. pretty wild. Um, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name, but uh, fan 
Dactastic says uh, they're from Canada. So there you go. What one last uh, roll awesome. call to end out the show. Um, Super. Well, we'll and we're going to have, gonna have, yep. we'll have another show on Wednesday, the Bucks Falcons preview. We'll find out which quarterback's going to be playing, or maybe all three of them will. We'll find out on Wednesday. But we appreciate all the pewter reports. Uh, listeners, viewers, and readers for joining us today. For Matt Matera, I am Scott Reynolds. We'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.